Welcome to Since You Asked with Jim Barrier on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Send Jim your questions about the Bible and Christianity to jim at cgmradio.com. Subscribe to Since You Asked by visiting us online at cgmradio.com slash ask. And now, here's your host, Jim Barrier. Christmas always involves gift giving. From the first Christmas story, when the Magi brought gifts to the Christ child, to the modern day tradition of presents under the tree wrapped with pretty paper and ribbons. I have many fond memories of my children opening gifts on Christmas morning, often producing tears of joy. For a father, the joy of giving often exceeds the joy of receiving by the children. The greatest gift ever given was from our Heavenly Father, and it gave him joy. Episode 100 of Since You Ask is about the joy of the Lord. John's Gospel tells the Christmas story in a different light than Matthew or Luke. It opens with the words, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then it goes on to say, As many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. God offers us the gift of becoming his sons and daughters. In that famous conversation with the woman at the well, Jesus said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it was saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. He is offering her the gift of eternal life. Romans 3 tells us, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. This gift of life involves being justified by grace. Justified has been described as, Just as if I'd never sinned. When we receive the gift of life, our record is wiped clean. We are no longer guilty for our past. There is another application of being justified. When you justify a Word document, everything is set in proper alignment. When God justifies you, He sets everything straight. Romans 5 says, But the gracious gift is not like the offense. For if by the offense of the one many died, so much more did the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man Jesus Christ overflow to the many. The difference is that we deserve punishment for our sins. We do not deserve the gift of grace. Grace is getting what we don't deserve. Mercy is not getting what we do deserve. Romans 6.23 wraps it up. For the wages of sin is death, but the gracious gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing you can do to earn God's grace. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, the wages are not credited as, as a gift, but as what is earned. 
But to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. Ephesians 2 reminds us, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. And the free gift has an extended warranty. Romans 11 says, The gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. The offer is extended. James backs this up when he says, Every good thing given and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. If you can't get saved by good works, then you can't get unsaved by bad works. And God's gift to us is made sure by God himself. Hebrews 6 explains, People swear an oath by one greater than themselves, and with them an oath serving as a confirmation is an end of every dispute. In the same way, God, desiring even more to demonstrate to the heirs of the promise the fact that his purpose is unchangeable, confirmed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to hold firm to the hope set before us. The two unchangeable things are his word and his very being. However, there seems to be a contradiction in the same chapter. It says, For it is impossible in the case of those who have been once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and have been made partakers of the Holy Spirit and tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they again crucified to themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. But in context, it is talking about abandoning salvation as a gift and returning to a works mentality. Falling from grace is literally falling from grace back to works. There is also a subsequent gift that happens when we receive the gift of salvation. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus gathered his disciples together. He commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, You heard from me. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in both Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and as far as the remotest part of the earth. After the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples and the people of Jerusalem asked them what was happening and what they should do about it, Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And after that, in the book of Acts, there are multiple occurrences with similar events. In Acts chapter 8, in Samaria, when they began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit, and Simon saw 
that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands. He offered them money, saying, Give this authority to me as well, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could acquire the gift of God with money. One of my favorite stories is found in Acts chapter 10. God hooked up a Gentile named Cornelius with Peter, who went to share the gospel with him. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. And all the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had also been poured out on the Gentiles. Peter relays the story to the believers in Jerusalem. If God gave them the same gift as he also gave to us after believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I should stand in God's way? And when they heard this, they quieted down and glorified God, saying, Well, then God has granted to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. The gift of the Holy Spirit is available to all who receive the gift of eternal life. And all who believe and receive the Spirit also receive spiritual gifts. I teach in depth about these gifts in episodes 30, 31, and 32 of Since You Asked. The Bible concludes in Revelation 22. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. This is the same living water Jesus offered the woman at the well. If you have not yet received the gift of life, I urge you to simply receive it by faith. It's free. If you have believed in Jesus but not received the power from on high that is a product of being filled with the Spirit, ask Him to fill you now. I pray that during this season, when we celebrate the birth of Christ, that you will know eternal life, that you will know the power of His Spirit, and that you will celebrate the greatest gift of all. Since You Asked is a production of Jim Barrier and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash ask.